Hi everyone, this is Leslie Harnish with Relationshipping. I'm here to talk about all relationships because the truth is we weren't put on this planet to be alone. So I'm going to ask what you want more, better, different in your relationships to live your best life. For my first guest, I'm here with my husband, Rory Harnish. We've been married for about two years, together for six years. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. Good morning. So, when you and I first started dating, what was it about me that you saw that you pictured your ideal relationship? It was your energy. You were you were very outgoing. You were certain, <laughs> which you still are, and uh, you had direction, and so you had like a you had this vibration about you that was very attractive. So did you know when you met me that, like, did you have that relationship in mind? Yes, actually. Um, I had been uh, dating around, and I, I wasn't happy um, with those relationships. And I saw you um, in the summertime, and uh, I noticed that those things about you right away your certainness, your ability to just have fun, to, to not care what other people think, to just to be you. And I saw that right away at the bar before I went to go talk to you when you were Elvis' friend that she brought over. And I thought, how am I going to talk to this girl? What am I going to do <laughs> to start a conversation with her? And, of course, as you know, I figured it out. <laughs> we talked about mortgage. <laughs> we talked about mortgage. And in uh, what I like to think of the most awkward way possible. However, I got it done. And, uh, and if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be sitting here today. And, like, at the time, did you know, did you have in your mind, like, what you wanted in a woman? Like... Were the qualities that you saw in me something that you were specifically looking for? Yes. Uh, most of my mind was saying yes, and then the other part was saying no. And by that, I mean somebody that is as, as um, firm and certain as you is something that I aspire to be better at. And the double-edged sword to that is that they will hold you accountable. They, they, won't, they will call you out on your stuff and um, not, not let you slip. So at the time, it's like, I want that. And then maybe I don't want that. However, uh, the I want that definitely outweighed the I don't want that. No. And <clears throat> I was coming from a place of um, very similar situation to you where I was, you know, dating people and not being fulfilled. I wasn't um, finding men that I had things in common with, men that I felt like I wanted to spend time with. It was just very surfacey, and it was boring. Like, it was, there was no passion in it. <laughs> and I feel like when you and I met, it was like, we had so much in common in the beginning and here we are six years later and I think that we're actually way more different than we are similar 
However, at that point in our lives, I think we were both at a crossroads of like, I know what I don't want. Right. And this person is displaying things that I do want. So let's give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And we both went with it and look where we are now. Right. Right. Exactly. So, because at the time I was like, not even thinking about a relationship. I wasn't, I had all but given up and said, I don't want to date anyone. I just want to be alone and love myself. And something about you told me that you were a guy that I could be with, that I could love myself, and there was a potential for me to open myself up to loving someone else. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that you said that because at that time, I was also in a really, really good place with myself. And, you know, the, the more and more I, I thought about that, um, we were both in, a, we were both feeling really, really good about ourselves. And that allowed us to attract each other. And that was our similarities. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what drew us to one another was how much we loved ourselves so that we could be open to possibilities of loving other people. And it's so interesting because, you know, the common thing that everyone says is how can you love other people if you don't love yourself? You're right. It's so true. And, like, here I am six years later (laughs) just now realizing that that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah, we were... uh, We had both gotten better jobs than the previous ones and you know it was we were we were like in really good shape and it was summertime and it was like you know southern california weather we were going to the beach and we're having a good time and And hanging out with friends and (laughs) not worrying about relationships like for the first time in a long time i wasn't even worrying about where i was going next as far as a relationship was concerned i was just worried about being happy Yeah. And that happiness with ourselves is what drew us to each other. Right. Recognizing that you, you loved yourself enough and that wasn't something that like, okay, now if I want to go out with this girl, I have to love myself and then show her that she's got to love herself. I got to only focus on me and it was perfect. You know, you got to focus on you and we started from there. And right. we started at a really, really good place. Right. It's so interesting from like previous relationships that I was in, you know, like being married before and it being such a toxic place mm-hmm. um, that I was coming from and knowing that I definitely didn't love myself at the time in my last relationship. And if I was angry, I wanted my ex-husband to be angry And if I was sad, I wanted him to be sad. And the toxicity that grew from not loving myself uh, fostered a negative relationship that wasn't serving me. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I had had been in some relationships that I thought were going well. And then looking back, I thought... They weren't. <laughs> they were. They were not going well. I wasn't. I wasn't in a good enough place. With I, I wasn't good with myself, and the relationship suffered. 
And I'm glad because had those survived, this one would not have started. Right. Right. Absolutely. I said the same thing to someone just last night that like, I have no regrets about my previous relationships because had it not been for my previous marriage, I wouldn't even be in California. And if I wasn't in California as a result of that toxic marriage that I was in, I wouldn't have met you. And if I wouldn't have met you, you know, then we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. Elva, Elva, our our, uh, mutual friend, would not have brought friend to the bar that night mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah and and you know I, I've I've been realizing that I'm I'm now open to the the thought that things happen for a reason whereas before I was very closed off to that my logical brain doesn't process that right and uh, uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually very happy that I had those past relationships because they led me to you, just as you said that it happened for you. And um, had it not been for those things to fall in line the way they did, we would not be here. It's, it's very interesting to, to go back and think about all those times. And then you think about more of those times that lined up with exactly that thought process. Right. And now, uh, you know, again, like I said earlier, here we are realizing that we're more different than we are similar. Uh, we were at similar points in our lives at the time, and now, six years into our relationship, we understand that we're very different people, that you're a very analytical person, and that I'm a very controlling person, uh, and we, it works for us. Uh, and obviously, there's things that don't work, and uh, we struggle at times, uh, and we get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of getting through it is understanding one another on a level of not just thinking that you are the way you are out of spite or um, that I am controlling because I want... To control you because that's not what it's about for me my controlling uh, behavior is not about controlling you my controlling behavior is about me not being out of control right yeah. which is like the scariest thing for me <laughs> uh, being out of control I discovered that being out of control can actually be pretty fun <laughs> right. right like yeah that was fun <laughs> going skydiving is the most out of control thing that I could possibly do uh falling from a plane and relying on a parachute to save my life was something that I was not not open to for the longest time because all I could see was death mm. because I wanted to be able to control my fate, right? And death is inevitable. And the moment that I was able to say, this isn't about me being fearful of dying. This is about me being fearful of not having control. I was able to lean into it 
and like pure joy was able to happen. Right. Exactly. And and for me, that same event, while the the, the event was exactly the same, right? You just went first <laughs> out of that plane. Uh, for me, it was uh, trusting, right? Trusting somebody else, and that shows up in our relationship. Not not trusting somebody else, not trusting you <clears throat> with with uh, information, or or that you know the answer, or that you know you have what to do, and realizing that, um, knowing that you've got it, you're very very smart and very capable. Uh, I don't have to have all the answers first. That's that's my analytical brain working, and that that you can do it, you know. And and um, uh, having that limiting belief in other people, not trusting other people, you know, is catastrophic. And and allowing uh, allowing that trust to come through brings our relationship to a, a better level. Mm-hmm. Because then there's no disconnect there. There's no, I'm not going to, there's no resentment. There's no resistance. And it allows us, removing that belief allows us to have a better relationship. And ultimately it's because of, I've got to, I've got to release that in myself. So it's interesting that like for both of us, it was about surrendering to something that we felt was keeping us safe. Yeah. Right? Because, like, for me, being controlling was keeping me safe. And for you, not trusting people and allowing yourself to not be hurt was keeping you safe. And the moment that we both surrendered to those feelings and the possibility of what could be, then... We're able to have fun. We're able to experience more. We're able to do those things together and yet have such different outcomes. <laughs> right. Right? Such, like, vastly different outcomes from it and grow together. Like, I think that's one of the greatest things about our relationship is that in the time that we have spent together, we have bonded over similarities. We have discovered how different we are. And we have grown together so that, like, you know, when when people get married, lots of people do a unity candle or, you know, they talk about oneness. And I never really understood that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean oneness? <laughs> like... I could marry anyone and I'm still my individual person. Right, exactly. (laughs) And like now I understand oneness because like there's a lot of things that I I make decisions based on the oneness of our relationship, not myself. Yeah. Yeah, and that that brings us together a little more every single time and it's 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 special and uh, the the funny thing is that while we 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 sky dived stove uh for very different reasons uh it wasn't until afterwards that we realized that man that was a, an amazing day and it was a date also mm-hmm. 
very um, uh, unconventional, right? First thing in the morning. And uh, we did it. We, we knew we wanted to do it. And, you know, we, we, we had some really good talks in the morning on the drive down to San Diego. And, uh, you know, we, we went in the plane and it was, it was magical. And, and even afterwards, it became a, basically an all-day date <laughs> that uh, uh, prior to that, I would have never thought that was something we could do. And I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. And like if we're going back, let's rewind for a minute and um, talk about emotions uh, within our relationship. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm a very emotional person. Like I feel anger on a very emotional level. I feel happiness on a very emotional level. Like all emotions for me are extreme. And I think that in many cases I lack compassion. And I think that at least my perception of you is that you don't feel emotions on a very extreme level and you have a great deal of compassion. (laughs) Yeah, it it is interesting. The more we the more we dive into our own things, that that we are opposite, mm-hmm. and that because of that, we can learn a lot from each other about that, and we can bring each other back to center when we when we're when I'm not as uh, expressive in my emotion. You can support me in creating a safe space and doing that which you have uh, a lot. And for me, being able to, to, to move through the emotions and not feel like I'm upsetting you or uh, um, saying the wrong thing and feeling those emotions and then diving deeper. You do a very good job of, it's cliche, however, peeling the layers of the onion back and, and getting to, to the root um, without giving up, <laughs> without, without allowing me to have my chicken exits and, um, uh, to really get to the core of, of what's going on. And man, some of those mornings, uh, were, were instrumental in, in realizing some things about myself that I, I didn't know that I didn't know. <laughs> Morning sitting uh, in the bathroom. I was I was sitting in a uh, empty tub, and you were uh, you were doing your makeup for the morning, getting ready. And we you know, we had our coffee. It was after that we walked the dogs, and we had about uh, sometimes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes a fifteen minute conversation, and uh, we just talked. And you know we talked about uh, how we felt over the last twenty four, maybe forty eight hours. If something came up for us and. Um, for me, you created a, a, a safe space to allow me to actually express those things um, and, and, and feel like I'm not doing something wrong or bad. Uh, and then discovering like, okay, these are, the, these are the surface emotions. Let's go down and where are those actually coming from? And, and allow me to feel them, which I had suppressed for a very, very very long time. Well, and it took some time for me to uh, rebuild that trust with you in 
that safe space, right? Because I would say that in the beginning of our relationship, I was more combative uh, than supportive. And that's what I mean by like me lacking compassion rather than us having a conversation and me supporting the emotions that you were feeling and the emotions that you were attempting to express to me. I was, no, you're wrong, or I would get angry, or I would, you know, have an adverse reaction to it. And as a result, we were in a place at a moment in our relationship where you didn't feel comfortable, you didn't trust having that conversation with me because you were afraid of an adverse reaction, Mm -hmm. right? And like when I'm able to actually feel compassion for you, for other people, then suddenly that safe space opens up again and it's like, we can have real heartfelt conversations without any fear, right? Right. And, like, my lack of compassion, I think, was more so coming from my own fear because I had insecurities and I had um, things that I, you know, wasn't okay with about myself that I projected onto you, Um, And as a result, I created this space that you didn't feel safe. You didn't feel like you could trust. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah, I wasn't able to uh, trust you with receiving the information. Mm. And that was, once once we started doing that, uh, creating that safe space and allowing me, it wasn't easy still, right? It was... um, uh, at times I felt that you felt like it was pulling teeth <laughs> at some mornings and, and, and I had some what, I, what I've now deemed uh, sweaty head moments where I get nervous and <laughs> my head starts to sweat. Uh, and for those of you that, that are listening, I, 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 I'm bald, so uh, the hair that I used to have uh, doesn't hide the sweat anymore, so now the top of my head glistens and... Um, no, those those sweaty head moments. Uh, uh, there were there were more in the beginning, and and as I moved through and, and as we had some further conversations, uh, they occurred less, and and uh, I've gotten better at at expressing those emotions, recognizing that they weren't just like only fear or or just happy. They weren't the like surface level emotions. They they were tied to something a little bit deeper. It was like anxiety about something, or um, you know, uh, not feeling like I can trust somebody or something, maybe at work or or friends or family. And getting to those core feelings was a different experience. Something that I I hadn't done probably since I was a kid. Um, you know, growing up, uh, my dad was very emotionless. And I'll say, uh, not was. Uh, he's still very much alive. And uh, he, is, he is still like that. And uh, not learning how to... I, I, I idolize my dad. And not learning how to, to have emotion, express those emotions from him because I wanted to please my dad... Uh, 
I learned that I need to hide them. And, you know, over time, hiding them, you just, oh, they're not there. And, and it's, it's funny now realizing that um, friends would call me like robo, like a robot. And I've been called a robot in the past, uh, in past relationships. And it's, it's just interesting to think of it now, like that's the reason why. Because I've, I've hidden that, that my heart for so long that I'm only logic, only brains, only, you know, only the, the mechanical being, <laughs> the, the uh, biomechanical being, not the, the big heart. Right. And I think that's where our personalities are so similar because uh, me being uh, more of a controlling mindset and you being more of an analytical mindset we were both protecting ourselves yeah. for fear of rejection or fear of not being liked or fear of you know not trusting and that i think is what helped us grow so much together because both of our personalities that we identify with the most are based out of fear. Right. Fear of trusting somebody else to do the wrong thing, right? Or, or hurt me. Right. There's another one, or hurt me. Right. And if yeah. I'm not able to control the hurt, then I didn't even want to open myself up to it. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, because I was able to surrender to that control I think that you and I have a stronger relationship as a result of it and you were able to surrender to that trust and we have a stronger relationship as a result of it right and letting it go knowing that you because you, there, here's the truth you are capable mm -hmm. you are a I mean anybody that that knows you picks up on that immediately and and you know it's it's I'm, I'm holding you back by not trusting you. And I'm holding back our relationship because of that. And yourself. Myself, right. I'm not growing because I'm not trusting right. somebody else. Right. The person that I love the most, the person that I see and think about and, and share my life with the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you could pick like a moment in time in our relationship where we discovered figured out that like this was gonna be something that was everlasting something that like we were gonna get married and be together for the rest of our lives what's that moment uh the one that first one that comes to mind is that uh when we went back to ohio for your family to go see your family, and um, we were at uh, a parents, your parents' friend's house that, that night, um, and just talking to, uh, you know, meeting all those people uh, for the first time, talking to them, and, and just the, 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 they were, they had such a, a positive, such a good outlook on, on you, they knew you since you were little, and um, to hear all like the little stories about you and and just the way you were and and watching watching you with them the dynamic with you with them um, 
that was the moment for me that I was like, I think I'm going to ask her to marry me. And I don't think you knew that yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was a point where I knew like, you know, we're, we're, we, we were going out for maybe a year or so at that point. Um, and, uh, uh, maybe two years and watching you with, uh, all those families and, and how you were and how, like getting a little bit more about your past, um, was, was something that I thought was, um, what I wanted from a partner. It's so interesting that you say that because like you, uh, thrive on information. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was getting that information the whole time. Right. I was like downloading Leslie files. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's like we went to Ohio and you plugged in the USB drive and you were like, okay, like, now I'm ready. <laughs> Let's jump into the mainframe with Leslie and figure right. out what she's like. Yeah. Right. Uh, the moment for <laughs> me was when I was still living in Los Angeles and you were living in Orange County and I told you that I wanted to talk. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that I was going to tell you that I loved you. Yeah. And uh, it was after only six months of dating... And I was terrified that, you know, I was going to tell this guy that I knew that I loved, that I loved him. <laughs> and no. with us only being together for six months, you were going to reject me. Like, I was convinced that I was going to drive down to Orange County and I was going to tell you that I loved you. And you were going to be like, I'm not ready for this. And I was going to get back in my car and drive back to Los Angeles. Like, so much so that I didn't even take my bags out of my car. When I got down right. to your house that. in Orange County. And I walk into your house and I sit down on your beanbag and... Oh, the beanbag. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you were doing the head sweating, nervous, right? And when I told you that I loved you, like, I still see it so clearly now. Like, I was sitting on a beanbag in your condo and you were standing in your in kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. And I told you that I loved you and you like started getting watery eyed and came <laughs> around the corner and like jumped into the beanbag with me and gave me a hug and a kiss and you told me that you loved me too. And that was the moment like I knew right then and there that only six months into our relationship, I knew I was going to marry you. Mm. Like I knew that I had met the guy that was going to support me in being exactly who I was and exactly who I wanted to be and was going to help me grow and I could help him grow and I could be completely vulnerable to the point that I was so scared that I was going to have to leave and I was still open to sharing that with you and that was such a great moment for me because it was like I surrendered to my fear you did you did and it's funny because when you said that I instantly got scared too I was like oh no it's going to, it's gonna end it's it's over she's coming down and then the same thing that you said you showed up at the door with no bags in your hand I said oh this is a quick trip because <laughs> I figured you weren't this point, I knew you weren't one to just like text me, "Hey, 
we're going to break up, right? right. It, it's, you're, you're a, a face-to-face person. And I respected that, right? So I, I was like, okay, this, here, here it comes. Let's be ready. <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be behind the kitchen and I'll be um, protected, air quotes, when she says it. And you came out of left freaking field. <laughs> right. And I love you and instead was, of, uh, <laughs> I want to break up. Right? And it was just, it was a, it, that was just an amazing evening. Like that, you know, I, 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 I'm not able to tell you the like date that that happened. However, that night was very, you know, that, that evening after work was very, very clear. Oh yeah. It's still like so vivid. Yeah. Memory, <laughs> you know, like I was listening to Adele on my way down <laughs> and like bawling in my car, crying so hard because I was like, he's going to break up with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was terrified and, uh, I was so ready for it. And I didn't even know. I, I like thinking back on it now, like I can compare this so much to the skydiving because like the fear of death and the fear of losing are not all that much different. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that's what I was going through was the fear of losing. And little did you know. (laughs) Right. So, and I think that like, we've been through a lot together. Yeah. Um, We have good times and we have, I'm not going to say bad times because I don't think that any of our times are bad. No. Um, We don't argue. We disagree. (laughs) Right. And we support each other in those disagreements and we might not always see eye to eye. However, we understand each other so that we can, I hate this term, however we can agree to disagree. Mm. I think it's such a silly term. Like, what does agree to disagree mean? Like, okay, so you're going to agree with me that we don't think the same thing. However, you're going to disagree with me that we don't think the same thing. So I don't like the term itself. However, um, I think that knowing that we understand each other and our personalities, that we can agree to have a difference of opinion and support each other in that. Because your come from, for thinking about it, is that you're still running through 20 other scenarios. And my come from is that I have to control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm, 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 I'm doing what I like to call instant replay, <laughs> rewinding the tape back and thinking about well, what, what would I have said there, what would I have done there, and then playing out that scenario. I'm going, and, and then eventually going down you know, 30 different rabbit holes before, before realizing, like, okay, it's okay that we don't, we don't have to agree on everything. Right. And I'm pausing the movie and saying this is how it's going to end. <laughs> yeah. And then going and playing it and watching that truth come to life. Right, right. You're right. <laughs> because if I don't say how it's going to end, then I'm wrong. Yeah. And if I say how it's going to end, then 
I'm right. You have the steering wheel. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And the funny thing is, you're the one that pauses the movies. <laughs> it's just not to tell me how it's going to end. It's to ask a dozen questions about, well, what just happened? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, as, we've, as we've progressed in our relationship, you've gotten a lot better at letting me go through that process. That's how I, that's how I learn. That's how I think. That's, I don't always um, reveal that. And now you, you can see when I'm doing that without me talking. <laughs> and it's a struggle sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. not always easy. And you've given me that, that, um, <coughs> that space, that, uh, that uh, extra time to process the information. And you know, one thing that I've, I've, uh, I've valued a lot is that we've, we've agreed that when you provide some sort of information to me, when you say something to me, me spitting it back out to you, processing and spitting it back out to you is, is our check on each other that we are on the same page. And because for me, that's, that's my process is I hear it, chew on it for a second, and then spit it back out. A little more than a second. <laughs> Sometimes a little more than a second. And... Uh, Spitting it back out tells me that I know what you said. And it tells you that I know what you said. And it makes, it, it allows me doing that, it allows us to have a uh, clearer communication. Right. And in that way, I know that you're listening. Right? Because like the struggle for me is that when I say something to you, I see the wheel spinning and nothing is coming out of your mouth, <laughs> right? So I'm going through that, like, creating a story in my mind of these are the things that he's thinking instead of um, allowing you to go through that process. And it has helped so much that you do repeat or... Um, at least you share what you've heard from me because sometimes what happens, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes what happens in your brain is I say something and then you have already worked through 20 different scenarios in your head and what comes out of your mouth is not the same thing that I said. Yeah. So by... By us having that open communication and by us being able to say, this is what I say, okay, this is what I heard you say, it's allowed us to be more, like you said, clearer with each other about potential limiting beliefs that might come up. Mm -hmm. um, because I think... Going back to compassion, I don't always come off in the most caring way. And um, you are a deeply caring person. So when I say something that might not feel so caring, you're already analyzing that to, well, I don't care. And when you say that out loud, it's like, oh, hang on, Leslie, you didn't come from compassion. <laughs> so say it again mm -hmm. with a little bit more compassion 
and you hear it differently. Yeah, it's the the same, the same mean or the same um, point. However, when you come from a different perspective, I then hear it. And that's been a huge growth opportunity for me, because um, I think that is the greatest area that I would like to grow in is compassion. And because you are um, so outwardly compassionate, um, I learn from you when you share things with me. I learn from you how I'm coming off. And I know how I intend to say it. (laughs) Right? I know what I mean when I say it. And then when you repeat it... Or when you tell me what you heard, then I'm like, wait a minute, that's not what I intended. So how do I say this differently so that my intent is clear? And your message gets across fully and completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some people that I can talk to that um, I don't, I don't necessarily have to come from compassion, right? And typically that's people that are very similar to my personality type, right? Like, I have lots of friends that are like, I come to you because I want the truth, (laughs) right? So then I've built this, like, big idea around the truth is what matters. The truth is more powerful than anything. And uh, I, I don't take the opportunity always I'm getting better at it however I don't always take the opportunity to um, be compassionate about the truth because the truth doesn't have to hurt it can and it doesn't have to yeah and something that I'm working through that I'm learning a lot from you is to be more direct to remove a lot of the fluff the story the story behind things to be to be a little more concise and it's funny because like if you think about a robot that's all it is <laughs> it's just the meat it's not you know the the salad it's not the the fluffy stuff it's not the bread appetizer it's just the main course and that's it mm-hmm. and uh, you do that very well and for me to constantly be around it, constantly hearing it, things said that way, is a very good way for me to surround myself with it and get better at it. Mm. And I think I would be remiss if I ended this podcast without talking about the fact that, for me, I identify my truth, my directness, my lack of compassion as a very masculine Mm -hmm. way of coming from and I identify compassion and heartfelt and supportive natures as a very feminine way of come from so sometimes that's a struggle for me because I feel at times very masculine and what I want is to feel feminine right so um, I think that us uh, being more open to you sharing compassion with me and me sharing directness with you, um, we're able to flip 
Right. And, and the funny thing is that we've both said this to each other in the past is that's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after realizing that it's, we've had more of those flips and, and, and when they flip, they, we, we've, we've been able to stay flipped or I'll say correct, right? Where we want to be. Um, for longer periods of time before uh, something happens or, or we, we flip back. It, it, just, it just happens. And, and we are progressing toward permanently flipping there. Well, and, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say correct. I, that might be the right term for you. Uh, it's not necessarily the right term for me because my masculine side has served me very well in life, right? Like it has served me in a lot of ways, which is why I choose to pull that energy a lot, right? Is because it has helped me to grow and it doesn't help me in every relationship to grow. So like for this specific relationship, I would say that my feminine energy serves me more. However, my masculine energy still serves me in other relationships. So I don't actually think it's about being correct in feminine or masculine energy. I think it's about balance. Good point. Yeah, very, very good point. Like where can I use my masculine and where can I use my feminine and then apply those in life? Right. Which relationships do you know you, which of the two you want to be with that other person? Right. In any relationship. In right. Your supervisor, maybe your coworker, maybe your subordinate. Yeah. Those have been uh, uh, very helpful. Like for instance, with my, with my boss showing him my masculine side is uber helpful mm-hmm. in progressing in my career. Especially because my, as of last, this past week, my, my, my immediate supervisor left the company and now I'm meeting directly with the general manager who's the top of the food chain mm-hmm. and showing him my leadership by being the direct, concise masculine energetic person is exactly who I need to be and who I want to be in that position because that's what I'm going for. Right. And my feminine energy serves me very well in my job currently because the (laughs) yes sir and the please sir and the thank you boss and the feminine energy that I'm able to bring with that shows to my boss the respect that he desires so that I'm a more effective employee and he's a more effective boss. So we're working well together as a result of me drawing out that feminine energy when it's necessary. Yeah, and it's also interesting in our relationship, we've uh, we've both said this on, on different occasions that like, we, when one of us is, is, I'll say being 
the beingness is, is on the far end of that spectrum, either direction, the other one will balance it out by being the opposite end yeah. to, to bring us, to ground us back to the center. Um, and it, it is interesting to, to, to realize and, and see when those happen. For instance, if you're, if you're angry about something, um, I'll come at you with a, uh, my come from is more of a loving, hey, what's going on? Let's, let's, let's talk about this. You know, what do you need? And, um, uh, <laughs> you, in the, in the few times where I get worked up, um, you've been able to do that for me. And it's, it's calmed me down, brought me back to, to, I'll say, uh, uh normalcy, <laughs> Uh, to be able to, to do whatever I was doing before and, and not let that take over my, my beingness for you know the remainder of the night or the remainder of the day. And it's been huge to and, notice that. Well, and I think that like when you do get um, to that level, right, which is rare for you, when you get to that level of exacerbation, I'll say, I recognize it because I understand it, right? So it's good for me to be able to recognize it and understand it and serve you in that feminine, loving way. That feminine way that I know that I'm capable of and I don't always necessarily display. Yeah, and, and you've, you've gotten... Uh, you've gotten a lot better at, at recognizing that and displaying that. And it is <laughs> uber helpful. Right. Uh, and that's where the balance comes in, mm -hmm. right? Like that's where the balance for our masculine and our feminine energy helps us because when I tend to be more masculine, your feminine energy comes up. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in the most positive way possible in that, the two of us balance each other by displaying whatever energy is necessary in that moment. Right, what's needed. Recognizing it and then being it. And then we can move forward together. Right. So like, at the end of the day, I think that our relationship has grown a lot over the past six years. And we continue to recognize the ways that we can grow together and the ways that we can benefit each other and support each other and love each other. Yeah. So that we can have the most fulfilling relationship for both of us. Absolutely. And it starts, we, we recognize it starts with us. However, we can have support from the other and from that, each other yeah yeah exactly yeah and 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 it's necessary right like we can we, we're able to correct ourselves <clears throat> uh a lot of the times not 100 percent of the time and that's where we step in for each other right because that. the truth is is that like relationships are not easy <laughs> and you know, that question that people ask when they get married, right? Like, what's the key to a successful relationship? 
I think the most common thing that people say is communication. And while I think communication is a part of it, I think that knowing that a relationship is continuously growing, whether that's a relationship between us as a husband and wife or us as a friend to someone or us as a child to a parent or a parent Mm -hmm. to a child. Like, every relationship is constantly growing and evolving, right? So it's about the balance. It's about where do I need to be, who do I need to be in this moment to best serve this relationship to be the best that it can be. Absolutely. I think that's by 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 having that balanced person, balanced husband, balanced wife, balanced, you know, however your relationship works is it is key because that can encompass communication. That can encompass um, doing the right thing, being in integrity. Uh, it, it's your your beingness to come back to come back to center, and and like we've said in the past, like it's not. Um, I can do that on my own, not all the time, mm-hmm. and and having that other person to support me. It's giant. Well, and I think knowing that uh, perfection is not necessary, knowing that perfection is uh, not something that I'm necessarily striving for, because uh, I don't think that, for me personally, that there is such a thing as perfect. I think that there is an evolution, uh, and as we grow, as we move in our relationship, as long as we are willing to evolve and not go back to something that's holding us back, something that's not allowing us to be better together, Mm -hmm. then who cares about perfect? (laughs) Right, you're growing. You're, you're, You're moving in a positive direction. Right. That's where you want to be. Right. Right. And and then then it's just a matter of, okay, well, how fast do I want to grow in that positive direction? Right? When you're both in alignment uh, individually, then you will your relationship will grow as a result right. of just being together. And I think that's the key. So I think if we're to close out this conversation for the purposes of the podcast, um, I certainly learned some things about you today. I think I learned some things about myself today. Uh, And obviously for you and I, uh, we're going to continue to evolve and grow and learn things about one another uh, for a lot of years to come long after this (laughs) podcast. Um, and I'm grateful that you are willing to, uh, come on here and be open and share with me and share with other people, uh, what works for us and how we've created, uh, the relationship that we have today. So thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I love you.